Hi, I'm Angie. I'm originally from East Detroit, Michigan, and I am an actor, author, and producer. Hi, my name is Mike, and I'm from North Brantford, Connecticut. I am an entrepreneur and a movie producer. We've been together for nine years. We dated for just over a year, and in June, we'll be married for eight years. If I had to describe our love story, I would say it is an adventure, one of a kind in the making. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. My dating life before I met Angie was just having fun and being in my late 20s and dating a bunch of different women and kind of just having a good time. Uh, At that point in my life, I was not looking for anything serious. My dating life before Mike was a string of really not great relationships. Ah, relationships is kind of the wrong word because actually... When I met Mike, I told him, you've got three dates. I don't really date people longer than three dates. I know by then. And I think that he actually took that as a challenge. So I would say relationships is probably not the correct word. Just a lot of dating of not the best guys. Mike was really very different than than everybody else. Okay, so meeting Angie for the first time was, yes, an adventure. It was for sure. It was my five-year college reunion. And I had some friends fly in from outside the country, Dominican Republic. And we got a group of us together and we decided, let's all wear tuxedo t-shirts because that's a smart thing to do and attract as much as attention as possible. And that's what we did. Super classy. So I had a friend that I went to college with that ended up becoming Angie's roommate. And this friend, her name is Jean. Jean tried to get us together. And she kind of was my wing woman for a couple years. And she kept trying to get us to meet. And for some reason, and I, don't, I still don't know why Jean thought this, but she said, okay, let's meet at our college reunion. Maybe because she, she thought that would be fun. It wasn't, it didn't turn out so well, unfortunately, <laughs> because I met Angie later in the day after many, 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 many drinks. And Angie was not too impressed with me. Mike turns around, he's got this ridiculous tuxedo t-shirt on, his hair's super buzzed, and I just take one look at him and I'm like, this guy? This is the guy that you wanted me to meet? So, you know, he was all, oh, hey, hi, how are you, whatever. And I was like, hi, I'm going to get a drink, bye. I mean, I think we talked for maybe 35 seconds and then that was it. I did not see him the rest of the night. You know, kind of saw him here, there, but we did not talk the rest of the night. I actually talked with one of his best friends for the rest of the night and was like, Gene, I can't believe you wanted to introduce me to this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in terms of who asked whom out, we had met again about six months later at a Christmas party. And he did not have a stupid tuxedo t-shirt on and he looked very handsome and he was not drunk, which was, you know, all around just bonuses. And he was just so nice and he was a really good listener and he was so attentive. And that really caught my attention. He asked for my number 
and we text back and forth for, I would say, maybe a week or two. And I was like, is this guy ever going to ask me out? First off, I still had some reservations about him. I wasn't quite sure about this guy, but I was like, I will give him a chance if he ever asks me out. And at that time, I was working at a bar and I had Friday off and we're chatting and I was like, I have Friday off this week. Crickets, like nothing. He's like, oh, you know, I think he maybe said like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) I basically had to like keep being like, I'm not working and I'm free, dot, dot, dot. And then it took him maybe like three texts to get it. And he was like, oh, do you want to go out on Friday? Wow, what a great idea. Our first date, I knew that Angie loved Christmas. No, you did not. I think I did. No, you did not. No, 100% did not. What did I know? I didn't know much. I <laughs> Eight years later, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think on our first date, I wanted it to be a lot of fun and be like active. I did plan to go ice skating in Central Park and a couple other things and it's Christmas time, so it's a pretty special time in New York. And so I wanted to do the shops around Columbus Circle, and then I wanted to do some ice skating, and then eventually maybe get something to eat. So eventually we made it to a place to eat well after ice skating and walking around and checking out Rockefeller Center Tree. So it was all pretty fantastic. Oh my gosh, you are destroying your first date. Okay, so Mike is not giving himself enough credit right now. He had planned an amazing date, and if he knew I liked Christmas, he did not know how much I like Christmas. I'm basically female version of Elf. And so we went ice skating in Central Park outside. It was, you know, December 18th or something. It was perfect time to be out and have Christmas ice skating, and it was magical. Who doesn't want to go on a date ice skating in Central Park? It was so magical. It was like straight out of uh, all the Christmas movies. So from ice skating, we walked down to go see the tree at Rockefeller Center. And at this point, he sees my reaction, I'm assuming, or something. Or I tell him like, oh my gosh, I love Christmas. I I love the tree. I love all of this. Like I will go see the tree at Rockefeller Center a hundred thousand times every year. And that's where we had our first kiss. You didn't even say that. That's like the best part. (laughs) We had our first kiss in front of Rockefeller Tree. Come on. That is that is like straight out of serendipity, the movie. It's like my favorite. He hit all my favorite things without knowing it. And it I was still on the fence about this guy. But after that date, I was like, that was just too magical for this not to be right. And you forget a part where I put you in the cab at the end and I paid for the cab ride and I told the cab driver, take care of her, this one's special. That's actually true. He did say that and that like totally melted my heart. I was like, wow, well played, well played. one of our biggest hurdles was early on Mike was 
working for his dad's company that was based in Connecticut and they were territory managers of Subway restaurants and Mike was opening a couple of Subway restaurants and Mike had kind of made it clear that this was the path that he was going on. And as we started to get more serious, you know, this became a big deal because I was like, I'm not going to live in Connecticut. I'm either going to live in the heart of the city or in the middle of nowhere in the country. But that in-between suburbs is like where I would go, you know, I, I would die. I would die if I was in the suburbs. Nothing against the suburbs. It's just not my personality. And so this turned into like a, you know, a big thing. Then Mike was like, well, I'm never going to live in Africa because he, <laughs> which felt like a little unfair. I was like, I'm not going to live in one state. And he's like, I'm not going to live in an entire continent. <laughs> but he knew, <laughs> he knew that I really had a passion for Tunisia and Tanzania and different places in Africa that I wanted to go and work and spend time. And so, you know, all of a sudden I turned in as well, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. And we took a time out and Mike went in the bathroom and this is where Mike does his thinking. Well, you know, he has to go like sit in the bathroom by himself and think and like figure things out. And this it's something I love a lot about him is he always takes time to think things through. Like he might, you know, in the moment he reacted and for a few minutes, I was like, I don't think this is gonna move forward. Like I, I don't see a path forward for us. And he went and thought about it and came back. And actually that's when you said, so he came back and he said, okay, we do not have to live in Connecticut, but we also are not gonna live in Africa. And it did feel like a very fair compromise. Also in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I can I can talk you out of that any day. So yes, <laughs> I will agree with this. But you know, that is something that was this idea of like, wh where do you live? Where do you go? Where are we going from here? What does our future look like? And that is a really big hurdle to come over as a couple. So it was figuring out, well, how do we both have our own dreams and do that together? and figure out how we can both move forward and keep growing and keep chasing those dreams without one of us compromising our passions or our vision or our dreams. I knew what that Angie was the one pretty early. And I actually think the day was probably when we saw each other again and we were at a friend's Christmas party and so I have a lot of college friends there and they see how I'm interacting with Angie and everything just feels kind of different and just feels special. And it was, it really was like out of a movie. And then I feel all my friends staring at us that I literally had to be like, guys, stop staring at us. This, And I was like, oh, this is different. There, there's just something very different about this. And that's basically when I knew. Oh, you mean at Anja's Christmas party? Yeah. Oh, that first time seeing each other again? <laughs> oh, I thought you meant Edwin's like a few weeks later. That's so sweet on that. That was really our first time actually talking. I got you right away. I didn't actually have this moment where I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike's the one. I just remember we had our magical first date met again at the Christmas shops randomly in between work. And I kind of saw him in a little different light. He was talking to some employees and I was like, wow, you know, like I loved hearing how confident he was and that he was in charge. You know, that was obviously very appealing. <laughs> and then he drove me to the airport. So we've 
now I've only seen each other three times. And when I got home, at some point when I was home in Michigan with my family, my mom had asked about the date and without thinking, without, you know, it just came out of my mouth. I was like, I think he's the one. And it, it really, it actually stopped both of us in our tracks because I had never said that about anybody. And I'd only know this guy a couple of weeks. And I remember my mom just kind of stopped and like looked at me and then she was like, oh, honey, maybe take it easy. You know, it's only been a couple of weeks. But even after I said that, I was like, wow, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. So with the proposal, I wanted to make it memorable and do something as special as possible. And I wanted to add a lot of elements to it. So it's kind of what I did. So Angie's favorite live singer in New York City at the time, his name was David. David's great. He's this folk singer. He's, he's fantastic. But what I didn't have was a way of contacting him. Turned out he had a website and then I sent him an email through his website and described how much Angie loved him and I'm going to propose to Angie and I'd love it if he can be a part of it in some way. So I didn't even know exactly how. I kind of let you know, put the ball in, in his court and said, you know, hopefully he'll respond and I'll give him like a week, two weeks max. And if not, then I'll move on. He responds within the hour. He's like, this is amazing. I want to help. And he said, how about I play a song? He said, I, I wrote a song about marriage and it's like the perfect song and I could play the song in front of you guys. My idea was to propose in Central Park. And so he said, you guys can kind of stumble upon me and I'll play the song. And as I finish the song, you can propose. And I was like, dude, that is the best. We are going to do that. I had that part organized and then I had to figure out where. So Central Park is, is obviously a massive park but I decided to do it in Shakespeare's Garden because Angie is a writer and Shakespeare's Garden is beautiful. It's a little more private. You have to walk up some stairs and like a spiral kind of hill surrounded by flowers. So it's a perfect place. It's like right out of a storybook. It's so stinking cute. So I have those two elements set. I set up my best friend, John, I gave him my camera and said, you're going to photograph us, but obviously don't be seen because this is all a surprise. So I have our photographer and I invite Angie's parents to come into the city to celebrate as a surprise. So cut to Saturday, it ends up being a beautiful day. The day it's February 16th and it's sunny. There's some snow on the ground, but things are going poorly. David is late. John is late. Angie can't figure out what she wants to wear or something. So I got to stall, but make it seem like it's not a big deal. And, and why do we have to go in Central Park at this specific time? And we had to stop at Starbucks. So I was trying not to freak out. <laughs> we find David. We get David in place. We get John in place. Everything's now falling into place and we start walking into Central Park. We walk into Shakespeare's garden and up into the garden. And then all of a sudden we see David and David's playing the guitar for his girlfriend. And I said, oh my God, it's David. What? That's amazing. So we sit down and he's playing the song and making sure I get the ring ready and get everything situated. He's playing the song. The song is about marriage, falling in love and getting married. So it's a perfect song. And... He gets towards the end and I get on one knee and I pull the ring out and I proposed. And Angie said, no. Angie said, no. 
<laughs> she actually laughed and said no kiddingly, and then she actually did say yes. Yeah. But she, her first answer was no to my marriage proposal. I mean, I didn't mean no in any way, shape, or form, and he obviously knew that. <laughs> Actually, then we both started laughing, and Mike was so, I just think it was so much planning, and you were just, like, sitting there, like, laughing and staring, and it had to have been a few minutes because David finally said, are you going to say yes? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not no. <laughs> yes. Okay, so the wedding. I never wanted a long engagement. I am a planner. I'm type A and, you know, just wanted it. I also, like, I just, I get really excited about things. And I knew if I had a long engagement, I'd go crazy. Neither one of us were big into, like, we need a whole big fancy wedding. Like, we just want all of our friends and family together. Eat, drink, dance, have a good time. Nothing else mattered. So it wasn't like we needed time to find any fancy place, any, none of that mattered to us. So I have a couple girlfriends come over and we call a bunch of places and finally find, and I really wanted to get married outside. I've always wanted to get married outside. And we finally find this barn upstate New York that's like, oh, well, we have a cancellation. And we're like, what? This sounds amazing. So my girlfriend pulls the phone out and she's like, it's on a Sunday in four months. And it was like silence in the room as we were like, okay, four months is really short. Um, done. Let's do it. So Mike comes home. We talk about it. And my biggest fear was that it was a Sunday and people wouldn't come. Four months, forget it. Like, I'm going to have this thing planned in two weeks. I'm not even worried about it. But I was worried that people wouldn't come to Sunday wedding. Mike, on the other hand, was like, come on. People love a reason to take the day off work. And I was like, all right. And he also said something that was so, so true and so, so important. He said, the people that want to be there will be there no matter when we get married. And he said, and those are the people that we actually want at our wedding. And that was 100% true because all of our closest friends, all of our closest family, they were like, yep, you get married in you know Antarctica on a Tuesday, we'll be there. Wherever it is, we're going to be there. So we got the whole thing planned. It's outside in the mountains at this place that's kind of like summer camp. So they have cabins so everybody can stay right where we get married, which was just the best part. It's just amazing. And then the next morning, we get up and it's very, very cloudy. And I'm like, it's all right. It's not going to rain, not going to rain. Get our hair done, pictures, all this. Go to show up for the wedding. My dad is driving me in the car and we're getting married down by this creek. And so we pull up and this is I think like everybody's, every bride's nightmare is we pull up behind where we're supposed to walk down, you know, the aisle in the grass and nobody is there. Nobody, not a single person <laughs> is sitting in a chairs, standing there, nothing. And I have this like, oh my God, am I dreaming? Like what I am like, what, what are we late? Are we early? What is happening? Where is everybody? So the wedding coordinator, you know, who works there, she comes over and she's like, um, well, it's raining. <laughs> so we're getting people umbrellas and we're trying to wipe down seats. There's not much we can do about it now. We can't move anywhere else. And she's like, but we're bringing people over. Like we got golf carts because they had to walk through this big field to get there. And it's wet. Half these people are New Yorkers, right? You know, they're in their heels. They're like, ah, we're not walking in this field. So they got golf carts shuttling grandma and other people over there. And then finally everybody's there. We still have like some stragglers coming in. 
But then like once my dad grabbed my arm and we walked down the aisle, it was just like everything just disappeared. It didn't matter. I mean, we were under trees, so we were only getting a little wet and everybody had their umbrellas up. I mean, it was it was a little crazy. But then I would say, what do you say, Mike? Like right after the ceremony ended, the rain stopped. The rain stopped. And then that was it. There was no more rain the rest of the night, which actually was pretty great because, I mean, we were in a big tent, but we had fireworks. His mom surprised us with fireworks and sparklers and the tent was open so people could come in and go out and there was all kinds of dancing. And so it, w- it was great that it wasn't raining later because that would have put a damper on on the rest of the event. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like that was so Mike and my style of like, all right, this really crummy thing happened, but we are going to make the best of it and we're going to have a great time. I think everybody felt the love and just knew it was a special night. And collectively, we went through the rain together and collectively we made it through and had a truly epic and spectacular evening. So what I love the most about Angie is her sense of humor, her positivity, her warmth, and she cares about everything. She has the biggest heart there is and cares about the blade of grass to the elephant to anything in between, to the whales in the ocean, every, everything and every animal and every person, she cares about everybody. And it's, it's special because it's unique. No, that was really sweet. What do I love the most about Mike? Well, I absolutely love how much he makes me laugh. Mike, it's actually infuriating sometimes. Is Sometimes I'll be upset and I just want to be angry and I just want to be mad. And he has this way of making me laugh no matter how mad I am. And he always knows when he gets it because I, I still do like my scrunched up mad face, but I, I can't really keep the smile from coming. And he knows it. He can do it. He can always make me laugh no matter what the situation is. I am most excited for really just every day. We own a company together and we have a lot of projects that we're in the middle of and and some bigger things that we want to accomplish. And besides projects, it's just, just spending every day with her. What I'm most excited for when I look ahead with Mike is the unexpected. I think our entire relationship, we have had some things planned, but we have just been like, We're on this journey together, like, let's do it. Whatever it is, whatever adventure comes up, we don't say no to a lot of things. And it's just, it's exciting. I mean, I wouldn't have saw myself where I am right now and where we are right now nine years ago and the things that we have done. And I I love that. I love not knowing what's coming next with him, but knowing it's gonna be epic and it's gonna be an adventure and it sure as heck is gonna be magical. listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. For more episodes of our love story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our love story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. 
It was created by John Cohen. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo, John Cohen, Tristan McNeil, and associate produced by Alex Trigvadotter.